0: I'm Zane Witcher, and this is the On To Something Podcast. Today, we're beginning part two of our Restless series, and I've got a plot twist for you today. Today, we're releasing all of the episodes that go with part two of the series. That's right. We're kind of like Netflix this round. You can binge them back to back to back. So once you finish episode four, know that five and six and seven are also available to you. It's going to be really fun. The second part of the Restless series is all about working, what it means for you to have a time of rest. But when we use the word rest, I mean it in a different way. So let's go ahead and dive in and figure out what does rest mean. There's a quote I carry around with me from a conversation that didn't even involve me. The quote was born from a conversation my friend had with a relative about all things being religion. Now, not only does the exchange just give me a smile, but it also describes the clarification I think we need when talking about rest. The conversation went down like this. Her relative had befriended someone of a different faith. And her view was different than the one that she held herself. And as she was echoing the beliefs of her newly found friend, you could tell that she was wrestling with the statements that they had made. Although she couldn't quite put her finger on it, she knew she believed something different. So after, after becoming exhausted from talking through it, at one point, she simply says to my friend, Well, that's just not what we believe. Now, tell me again what we believe. I love that line. Tell me again what we believe. I love that line in particular to this conversation because I believe it's our mindset when it comes to rest. Unless you love throwing around unpopular beliefs to get a rise out of people, most people would say You shouldn't go nonstop for 24 hours in your life. That rest should be a thing. We believe rest is a good thing, but we struggle to back it with the words beyond the Twitter bite statements we declare over it. Line of thinking usually goes something like this from people. We all need rest, and someone says why, and their response is to slow down and to gain energy, but then we ask questions like, what am I slowing down from? And what am I slowing down for? And what should I be doing within that time of rest? And the carousel goes around and around and around. And in this series, Restless, we're not talking about just any definition of rest. We're talking about a specific meaning and posture towards rest. It's a rest that comes with history. It's a rest that has meaning behind it. It's a rest that reminds us what we believe about the world and our place in it. As we threw it down in part one of the series, we're talking about the moon mode type of rest, or the technical term that would be used in ancient times would be the word Sabbath. The Christian use of this term actually rises from the soil of Judaism in which it was born. In the wake of history and debates and discussion, it's kind of lost its value historically. But it has always had value. But it's a deep dive to talk about any of the logistics or the way that it's developed or changed or people have pushed back on it. That's for another podcast and another voice. My intention of talking about it is to keep at the forefront of your attention the principle that Sabbath can bring to your world and how Sabbath is a different type of rest. Sabbath is a practice that is held today and still practiced in the Jewish tradition. Now, to get to the principles, all I have to describe to you is how you would find rest happening in a modern day for a family practicing Sabbath. If you were to enter the home of someone who practiced sabbath you would find the evening before marked with an event where someone would be lighting candles sabbath would begin by one member of the household lighting these two candles and wafting the smoke and aroma into the faces of those who also live into the household now why start with this because sabbath is a present you figuratively and literally welcome into your space. It's a distinction of time more than it is a place, which sidebar is just a beautiful description of the creator of the universe that Sabbath actually takes time to remember. In ancient times, most gods that were represented in the world had a designated physical space that would separate and make holy their presence. But the God of Israel, though, didn't have a place but had a designated space of time. This was incredible because everyone can experience time. Rich, poor, limited, unlimited, educated, not educated. When it came to encountering God, God used time instead of place. Incredible. Now, each of these candles we're talking about, they burn during Sabbath to represent two of the major themes that happen during this time. Each candle represents a command of God about this time set aside for the community. The two things, the two themes, is to remember and to observe. Now, where are the people to remember and observe? I'm really glad you asked. In regards to remembering, the people are to remember that God initiated the world. God created the space you exist in and made space for you to dwell in. Your life, in essence, it's a display of God's hospitality towards you. And this world is designed for you to build and create and sustain and find true joy alongside others. God initiated it. And we'll keep it going long after you're gone. In regards to observing, Sabbath is a time to observe how God provides, provided, and will provide. One of the stories that the people of Israel would hold close to their heart is that God delivered them from oppressive powers in their day to give them freedom. They observed this moment in history because of God remembering God initiated the world in the first place, and that every week of our existence is a rhythm to trust that God, who provided in the past, will provide again this week, and will provide again in the future. Sabbath is not just for the sake of your being, but remember that there is a greater being out there in the universe. All right, so now that we've talked about a little bit of the history framework, I'm going to back up at a 30,000-foot view again in regards to Sabbath. The value of Sabbath can really be described, even though I admit this is a little bit simplified, by just telling you about the word itself, Shabbat. The word's kind of twofold. Shout out to 2 Chains. The most associated words with the meaning of Sabbath are stop and to delight, which couldn't embody the practice any better just through those two words of the definition. It's the process of stopping what you do every day and delighting in the day that is before you. In order to delight, you have to stop or at least slow down. And in order to stop, there needs to be something that motivates you to halt or pause to delight in. This begins the embodiment of what we mean when we talk about Sabbath. Abram Heschel, who writes a lot about Sabbath in his book, The Sabbath, which if you ask me is very appropriately named, gives us a fuller understanding of what he means by this. His emphasis is insisting on how the goal isn't relaxation and rest. It's not about recovering strength but recovering the soul. He points out in retelling of God bringing life to the world that on the seventh day, God rested. And part of the original Hebrew word for the word rested includes the root word soul. The day of rest is the day that God gave a soul to the world. And what does that exactly mean? Well, I'd say it like this. To receive your soul is to remember your place in the world and who created it. Rest, in a sense of regaining energy, is a byproduct. But at the center, it's reorienting yourself. It's about centering your world to remember your purpose, your design, your connection, and the joy of the one who helps you exist in it. One of the best ways that I've maybe heard it summed up when it comes to Sabbath is that it is the rest of mimicking God in order to remind ourselves we are not God. When you take time at the beginning and end of your day, when you take time in your week to stop and delight in a different way than the other 168 hours of your week, when you do this, you're taking time to regain your soul and the one who keeps your soul going. So let me wrap up this episode in a bow for you in regards to what does this mean for you and how can you practice a rest that's different than any other definitions of rest that are out there. There is this question that my spouse, Carolina, has begun to ask me every day before I go to work. In some ways, it sounds a little bit dramatic, but for both of us with demanding jobs that sends us all over the place, the question makes sense. Before she leaves, and before she locks the door, I can almost count on her to ask this question every single time. When's the next time I will see you? I know, what a love story. We're the notebook just in the making. I guess there are some questions you never stop asking even after you tie the knot. When is the next time I will see you? Here's the thing. This isn't just a logical question Of a couple checking in with each other. But I believe it's a question of the soul. And taking time to rest. To practice the principle of Sabbath. Is to answer this question. At our core our souls long beyond ourselves. Most of us don't want to live just by ourselves. We get frustrated with our entire beings. Because it's not enough. And we can't get enough of other People, we also experience difficulty of coming to grips that others will never ideally be who we want them to be. Sabbath is the process of opening the window to receive the fresh air of God in new ways. It helps us come in contact with the one our souls long for the most. When we catch glimpses of God, In the midst of rest, we instantly ask ourselves, when is the next time we'll see you? And not that God isn't everywhere, including in the mundane, but our vision seems to create ruts for ourselves to where we see God in the same ways, almost as if we're swimming in the same water that we begin to not even notice we're in water, but a time of rest A time observing and remembering. A time of stopping and delighting gives us a new vision to see God. Our souls ask, when can I see you again? And a weekly rhythm of rest is the answer to that question. And let me, if I can, get a little personal and direct with you for a moment. Can I do that? Good, thanks. Our souls are not the only one asking. When will I see you again? Those in your family, your friends, if you have a spouse, your coworkers are asking the same thing. In the midst of all the stress, anxiety, decisions, situations you're navigating, you tend to lose yourself during the week. And we operate out of a place other than ourselves when we lose ourselves. We fall asleep to our true self, our true personality. And taking time to rest gives us the ability to find ourselves again, to remember who we are, to remember who we're not, and what we are becoming in the world. Every time you rest, you answer the question for the people around you, when will I see you again? If you have a time where you wake yourself up, to God, you will inevitably wake yourself up to yourself as well. Scheduling time to take rest is how we answer this question. So here's the bottom line question. Where in the week do you stop for a period of time? I'm not talking about stopping your entire life. Many of you have kids and have demanding worlds. Their world never stops, so neither does yours. But remember the type of rest that I'm talking about. When is your time to stop going at the speed of light and to remember and observe? This doesn't mean sitting on the couch and doing nothing. In our next episode, I'll actually talk about what do you do within the time that you actually say, I'm going to take time to rest. But for the meantime, I want you to know when the time is that you stop and delight. Here's how you walk away from this episode set the time i've had seasons in my life where this isn't a day that i can set off for rest so i block off increments of time i remember for a long extended amount of time the best i could do was friday from noon to saturday at noon because there were so many different pieces and people i had to answer to maybe for you especially with a schedule that's tight you need to start with a couple of hours that you block off that you say this is my time of rest. Whatever is a good starting place for you, do it. As a matter of fact, do it in this following order. Schedule it, tell other people about it, then do it. And if you want to know a direction on doing it, the next episode will help you in figuring out what do you do with this time of rest. And here's the greatest gift that I think is waiting for us if we take time to rest. When we take time to rest and it comes to an end, I would expect your soul at some point will ask, God and maybe yourself, when will I see you again? And the best response from God is sooner than you will think. Why? Because when we see God in our times of rest, we start to see God in our times of wrestling as well. So stop, delight. Remember and observe. It may just help remind you what you already believe. This has been another episode of the On to Something podcast. Thanks for listening today, friends. Make sure that you note that with this part two of the restless series, you can move on to the next episode at any time you desire. That's right. Pasco collect two hundred dollars, maybe move to Boardwalk. Who knows? But. The only ask that I ever have with this podcast is if this podcast is a gift, the gift you can give back to me is sharing it with other people on social media and conversations because it expands the time and the work that's put in to make it. Until we are in each other's earbuds next time, may you remember you are on something.